Let's pray. Dear Lord, as we come here to meet you tonight, we know that you have come here to meet with us. Uh, We ask, Lord, that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart will be acceptable, Lord, to you, our rock and our redeemer. Uh, Lord, as you meet with us now, uh, take away those distractions that we have in our life, uh, the fears that we have, the worries that are upon us, the anticipations that exist, and allow us to focus in this moment upon your word. Uh, to be able to hear you, to be able to listen to you, and most of all, to be able to respond to you. A God that does so much good for us, that offers us every single good and gracious gift, even the body and blood of his one and only Son, so that we can be here tonight forgiven and redeemed children of the Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So uh, tonight we're going to start with something a little bit different. We've been going through every single week and looking at a different psalm. We're in this summertime and focusing on uh, the psalms of summer. Tonight, I'm going to back up a little bit and we're going to look at our gospel lesson. I haven't read that for you tonight, but before we get to that moment, uh, I want us to start thinking about something we're going to challenge ourselves with this evening. Uh, If you do not do this already, let's start putting it into practice. Think of your day is a, is a bookshelf that has these two different bookends that are holding together all the different literary works in between, all the different books that are there. And I want us to start challenging ourselves, again, if you do not yet do this, of starting our day and ending our day with Christ. Starting our day with Jesus and ending our day with Jesus. What does that look like? Uh, I went to church this morning, Sunday morning. You and I are going to church now on Sunday evening. Maybe that's the beginning our day or ending our day with our, our Lord. Maybe some of us uh, wake up in the morning and do a devotion. Uh, maybe you do that as an individual. Maybe you do that uh, in a Bible study group. That We're starting our day with Christ. Later on this evening, uh, before I go to sleep, I know that I can end my day by saying a prayer uh, to my Lord. Maybe requesting things for this week. Maybe thanking him for things for today. What are the different things you can put into place if you do not yet already do them that will start your day and end your day with Christ? Because when we do those things, the elements that come between, the times of trials, the times of temptation, the times when we need help, they're shaped very differently because we know who we start our day with, we know who we're going to end our day with, and we know who's there to provide help all the way along. You heard it in that song just now. You're going to hear it in our readings tonight. This theme of help. It is a people that do not live in a perfect world, is a people who do not have a perfect life. We are a group of people that truly need help. Sometimes we can help out one another, but often there's only one individual that can truly give us the help that we need. Do we take time to be able to meet with our God, knowing that he has come to be able to meet with us? Our text for tonight that I want to open up with, uh, our gospel lesson, uh, comes from the book of Mark. And it's a wonderful lesson uh, about a man who is is blind and seeks the healing power of Christ. And I really hope that in this text tonight, uh, our eyes 
too are open to the help Jesus wants to give. Uh, if you're going to follow along in the Bible, or the words will be on the screen, it's from Mark chapter 10, and it's going to begin at verse 46. Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 46. It says, Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Hey, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So far, our gospel lesson for tonight. Do you ever have the tendency uh, to focus on things you do not have? Maybe things that you see out in the world that you wish you could have. Uh, do you ever have a tendency to focus on abilities that you do not have? Things that you cannot do. Maybe it's because of a physical limitation. Maybe it's just a talent you've never been able to master, and you focus on those things because you cannot do them. Do you focus on maybe a disability that you have, something that you were born with, something that occurred over time, something that you maybe see as your own personal flaw? Maybe others don't, but you see this in yourself. Do you have a tendency to focus on your you know, shortcomings, maybe more than everything else you have? All the other blessings and abilities that you do have that God has given to you? It's really easy to be able to do. Actually, I think we do it so much that we forget to thank God for all the great things that he has given to us, for all the good things that he has done for us. Boy, I think of this man in our story tonight, Bartimaeus, uh, he's blind. I can't remember the last time before looking at this text that I thanked God for my sight. Just last night, my wife and daughter and I were at a restaurant. We were sitting in the lobby waiting to get seated. And as we were sitting there, a father and daughter came out. I assumed that they had just finished eating and they were leaving. Uh, the little girl was probably about seven years old. And she was bouncing around and she was singing and she was smiling and she was having a, a fantastic time. And uh, as they walked through the lobby, I could tell that this little girl was blind. And I wondered what that would be like, knowing what I was speaking on and what we were going to be hearing tonight. And I can't imagine that either my daughter or even me myself not ever being able to, to see a, a sunset. Not being able to, to sit down with her, her friends and watch a, a, a movie or a cartoon in the same way that other children could. 
not ever being able to, to see the face of your father or, or your mother. And I begin to think, if I was blind, how much would I focus on that? How much would I think about that and focus on that beside all the other gifts that God has given to me? But because I am not blind, how much have I forgotten not to thank God for such an important, amazing gift that he has given to us? One that we just take advantage of, just like so many others, because maybe we were born with it, we have it, and simply enough, we just don't think about it. The man in our text today that is blind, Bartimaeus, seems not to focus on this disability, if you will, that he has. Bartimaeus' eyes don't work. He can't see Jesus, but he has another talent that God has given to him. He can hear Jesus. In fact, it says that Bartimaeus heard Jesus, not only that he listens to Jesus, but also that he responds to Jesus. You see, up until this moment, people have probably told Bartimaeus about who Christ is. Some reason he knows that this man, that this God, is different. That he has this ability to be able to potentially help him where he is found in this moment in life. Maybe he heard the story of Jesus' first miracle. Of when they ran out of drink at the wedding at Cana. And when Jesus took these large jars, these 30-gallon containers, and he turns water into wine. Maybe he heard about when Jesus was preaching to the masses and they were running out of anything to be able to continue on with in his preaching because the people were getting so hungry. And Jesus in that moment turns five loaves of bread and two fish into this massive meal for 5,000 men and countless women and children that are there with twenty bas- or 12 baskets that are left over. Maybe he heard about how Jesus healed a man that was kind of like him, a man that was deaf. Or how Jesus raised somebody from the dead back to life again. He has heard all these things. And even though he hasn't seen Jesus do this, he trusts in him. And he puts his faith in him. I assume most of us in here tonight have never physically seen God. That we have never physically seen Jesus in the flesh, as Thomas asks to be able to see. But I bet all of us in here tonight, and in fact I know because we just did it, have heard about Jesus. We have all heard about the things that he has done for others and the things that he has done for us. And so what if we start focusing on exactly what God has given to us to be able to hear Again, what if we are starting our day and ending our day and living our life as these consecrated individuals set apart for God? A God that has set you apart for a very specific purpose. The world will tell you that's nonsense. That's silly for you to think that God set you apart for a specific purpose. But I promise and hear it tonight. Don't be blind to it. It is the truth. God knows your name. God knows everything about you. God knows exactly what you need and when you need it. 
And God gives everything, even his one and only son, just for you. We should cry out about that and speak about that and share that. Bartimaeus does that in our text tonight. And when he does, it says that the people around him tell him to be quiet. It says the people around him rebuke him. And what does he do? He shouts all the louder. It says he gets louder when they do that. And it's not to be argumentative, and it's not to be uh, disrespectful, but he is faithfully calling out in hope to Jesus because he wants to be healed. Hope is a strong thing that you and I have. It translates into that other word that we talk about of, of faith that you and I have. It's an important gift that God gives to us as a church uh, all throughout time. Paul speaks about it to the early church uh, many times, in particular to the church in Rome for our epistle lesson for tonight, about this gift of hope and this gift of faith that we have. Uh, look at Paul's letter to the Romans from chapter 8, uh, verses 24 and 25. Paul says, For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. You see, the, the faith that we have is a saving grace. It gives us life eternal. It is healing. Just in this text, when uh, Bartimaeus is healed, Jesus doesn't even say, I have healed you. He actually says, your faith has healed you. This gift I have given to you has healed you. This is a great case for us to look at not the things in the world that we can find help in, but that which we already have. The ability to be able to find this healing in our Lord. And I know it's hard for us to be able to see sometimes, but that's what Paul is saying. You have to have hope. You have to have faith. Who hopes for what he cannot or what he already sees, Paul says. If you can already see it, you do not have to hope for it. If I am hoping for a, a new uh, job, I am not hoping for something that I already have. I'm hoping for something that does not yet exist, that I do not yet have. If a child is hoping for a gift for their birthday or for Christmas, they are hoping for something that they do not yet have, that they maybe can't even yet see. And Jesus says the same for faith. Hope for what has not yet come. Place faith in me. Because we all do want healing. We all do want help. And God does provide that. But the ultimate help and the ultimate healing still has not yet come. God will give you hope. God will give you healing. But not ultimately on this world. That's kind of the rub in this whole thing. It's easy for me to share that with you. God's going to give you hope. God's going to give you healing. And it is true but did you hear that last piece? Paul says, you have to wait patiently. Ah, oh, why do you have to ruin it with that? You have to wait patiently. And it's tough to be able to do. Because just as God says, uh, his timing is not our timing. Maybe worse than that, his ways are not our ways. So the answers that I think that should come to solve my problems and the timing they should come, doesn't always work like that. But the ultimate promise does of a God that will one day open up our eyes so we can see him completely, so we can 
live with him completely. So we can be healed completely. Do we have this patience? Can we wait patiently in the Lord? All of us know what it's like to be in a time of need. You see that in people around you. You see that in complete strangers in the world. And we definitely see it in ourselves. So let's move now to our psalm for tonight that was in that video that we opened with. The Psalm 121, beginning at verse 1. The psalmist writes, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? It's interesting. The psalmist opens up with this this question. I wonder if this psalm was recited uh, by people in biblical times as they traveled from city to city. As they looked up at the mountains on these long journeys that they would have to go on, they would have to carry their own food, their own water, their own supplies, their feet were their own transportation. I wonder if sometimes they got out there, maybe in the middle of the night, and they looked up to those mountains and in those shadows questioned what was there. Lord, I look up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Because when I look up at those mountains, Man, there can be some wild beasts up there that really need a meal, and I could be their, their next meal. Lord, look at that rock slide area up there. That doesn't, doesn't look like it's too stable. It looks like that could potentially fall down on me as I'm walking by. Lord, look at those, those caves that are there. Could there be robbers or thieves in there? waiting to be able to take me on and to leave me here halfway dead when they take all my things? What waits for me in those mountains? Lord, where is my help going to come from? There's nobody out here with me tonight. It's easy for us to be able to look at the mountains that exist around us and have that fear and that worry. And so ask yourself tonight, in those moments, where does your help truly come from? There were these two men that used to meet every single week for lunch together. And they would meet and just have lunch and talk. And they would do this over and over and over again. And one day, a man noticed that his friend was getting really tired, it seemed like. Week after week, more and more tired, more and more aggravated. And finally, he asked him, you know, is something wrong? And his friend said, well, you know, I'm going to share something with you. He said, it's really embarrassing but I'm struggling with something. He said, when I was a kid, I used to have these really bad nightmares that these monsters lived underneath my bed. And he said, for some reason, every night when I go to bed now, I'm starting to have those thoughts again, that there's monsters living under my bed. It's really embarrassing, but I do not know what to do. His friend said, well, maybe you could try to go to bed and leave the the light on for a little while and see how that goes. And he tried it, and he said, "It it didn't help. So maybe you could get a white noise machine, and when you go to bed, maybe if you, if you hear something, maybe it'll, it'll take that away. And he tried it, and he said that, that didn't work. He said, maybe you could go get, get hypnotized and try that out. And he went and got hypnotized, and he said that didn't work. And over and over again, his friend got more and more irritable and more and more tired. Finally, he came to have lunch with his friend again one day, and his friend that was having all these sleeping problems comes in, and he looks chipper, and he's smiling, And he comes and sits down. He says, you look 
great. He says, I, I feel great. And he said, what happened? He said, well, I, I had a great sleep last night for the first time ever. And he said, well, what happened? How did you rest so well? And he said, well, I called my friend the carpenter, and he came over, and he cut the legs off the bed so the monsters can't get under anymore. What are those pieces that you have in your life, those monsters that you have, real or otherwise, that are, that are fictitious, that you focus on so much that in this world you cannot find rest? You think they're just waiting there for you. They're going to come up and they're going to get you at some point. Is it a financial monster that's been waiting to rear its head for a little while? Is it a relational monster of a relationship that just isn't going right and you don't know what's going to happen with it? Is it fictitious and it's something that your brain is just making up? Is it real and it's sitting right there in front of you? It doesn't matter. All of those things, we need to be able to figure out where does my help come from in these moments? The psalmist is great because he doesn't just leave us with that question, but he gives us the answer. Look at Psalm 121, verse 2. He replies, My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Say this with me tonight. My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. We know the answer. You've heard the answer. In fact, tonight you can see the answer. It's right there in front of you. Where our help comes from, the maker of heaven and earth. The psalmist says, you too can go to your friend, the carpenter. Our friend, the carpenter, Christ, is right there waiting for you. Ask him for help. He'll come over and he'll cut the legs right off that element and remove those monsters from your life. He'll take them right off at the knees for you because that's what he does for us. Don't look to the mountain and worry about the things that might fall down or that are going to come down crashing on you or are going to chase you down. Look to the hill. Look to that hill named Calvary where our Savior was put to death for you and me. Look at that hill where Jesus shed his blood and his body was broken for you and I. Look to that cave that's not so scary when the tomb is rolled away and not when bandits and thieves come out, but when our Lord appeared, not to glorify himself, but to save you and me from our sin. And I know, maybe you can't see it yet, but I know you can hear it. We can hear it every day in his word. A God who wants to give you his help a God who wants to give you his calling. And I hope when you hear it, just like Bartimaeus, you jump to your feet, you get rid of whatever you have, and you go straight to your Lord, that you follow him all of your days from the moment they begin until the moment that they end. So everything in between has this help that comes from the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, uh, again, Let's just repeat to you tonight, we know these things are easier said than done. Uh, we know that it is tough to be patient, but Lord, we also know that you promise us help and that you will give that to us. Uh, Lord, for all of us here this evening, uh, no matter what our situation is, no matter what we're struggling with, uh, I truly ask that you will be upon our hearts and give us the peace and comfort that maybe we probably do not deserve, but that we need, Lord, that we need from you. 
and open up our eyes, as blind as we are sometimes, to be able to see the love and the blessings that you have given to us. The simple things in the world, Lord, uh, the abilities that our bodies have, uh, the pieces of our mind that are so amazing, and allow us to constantly give thanks to you for all that you have first given unto us. Lord, we thank you for these gifts, and we thank you for this message as your people gathered here this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we've been able to hear the word of the Lord tonight. And so at this time, we're going to recite together uh, the words of connection that we have through the Apostles' Creed. We speak those together. <clears throat> 